Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Thanks for spending some time with me on a Saturday. This is a show, as always, about um, stock market investing, right? This is called Quantum Mental Investing. That's what I share with you every weekend. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. What we do here is combine quantitative analysis using algorithms that we've created, put it together with a fundamental foundation, and that's the information edge I share with you every day that I come on this channel. So what we're going to do today is we're going to knock down step-by-step what's happening in the stock market and what we expect to happen next week and how we're going to address it. So we're going to go over first the indexes and our armor risk monitor, right? So we have three basic colors for the risk monitor. There's been a switch in color. I'm going to explain what that means. Then we're going to drill down. We're going to look at the indexes. Then we're going to take another step deeper. And we're going to go into specific stocks that we're investing in, chart patterns that we're looking at. We're going to hit chart chat, which is something new that we're doing now, where I'm going to rapid fire through a bunch of charts, showing you the breakdown of where we buy them and what the stop losses are. We're going to hit the cannabis couch today. We have to do it. I'm going to ask that question, was this the week we're going to look back on, you know, a decade from now and say that was the start of a massive move higher in cannabis stocks. Of course, we're going to hit on precious metals. It's a major part of our investing theme. And it was, an all, it was also a big week for precious metals. So we're going to wrap all these things into the conversation today. I'm going to try to keep it brief so we can get to Q&A at the end. But who knows if I can keep it brief. <laughs> okay, look. The information I'm sharing with you is information I use in my own personal portfolio and for capital I manage for individual investors through our interactive brokers relationship. So I'm not telling you what to do. I don't know you specifically, so I couldn't give you that kind of advice. But what I can do is take over 30 years of experience doing this, okay, and share successes and failures and make you a better risk manager. And so over time, your net worth can grow, okay? At the Armour Report, we start by protecting capital, then we capture upside. It's the big difference between what we're doing and all the noise out there screaming at you, okay? Can I make you thousands of dollars? Can we hop on the next big stock that goes up, right? Those are carnival barkers selling snake oil. What we're going to do here is protect capital first, capture upside, and we're going to do it in a three-step process which we call the Armour Investing Way. Build your whiteboard of your favorite fundamental ideas and do your homework. Use risk-managing algorithms to tell you when to put capital to work and when to take capital out. We call that the execution piece. Okay, Get rid of your fear and your greed and just look at probabilities. Put capital to work when probabilities are at their highest. Take capital out when they're not. It's not hard. Right? If you watch CNBC, it seems like it's hard because they like to shout at you and tell you a whole bunch of things that do absolutely nothing to make you money. Okay? 
We have a simple three-step process. Build your whiteboard, use algorithms to help you execute correctly, and then follow ruthlessly a stop-loss discipline. I'm going to share with you my stop-loss discipline. From that, you can build your own, but execute it ruthlessly. That's the key to investing success, and that's what we try to do all the time when we share information on this YouTube channel and for subscribers to the Armour Report. Now, you can subscribe right down here, armrreport.com, and take these conversations on Saturday and go more in-depth, where all week we're sharing information on the Armour Slack trading desk, okay, while it's happening, okay? So, let's jump in. First thing we're going to do is take a look at the indexes, Okay. Maybe I should start by saying this. Okay, you're looking at the S&P right there. But let me start by saying this. By the way, give me a thumbs up if you enjoy this conversation. It helps me. All right? You can subscribe to the YouTube channel down here. Let me start by saying today's a very important day. The risk monitor turned green on the 28th of September. On Friday, it turned yellow. Now I'm going to tell you what that means. Take a look. Okay. On the Armour Report website, armrreport.com, we have a segment called or a page called the Risk Monitor. And it just is a graphic representation in simple three-step processes, red, green, yellow, of what the algorithms are telling us about the probabilities of making money and the probabilities and necessities of protecting capital as we move forward. So it's a way for you to access the information of armor algorithms to help drive investing decisions. So we use proprietary algorithms in the top seven indexes and we use ETFs to judge. It's the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, small cap index, the IBD 50, the momentum index, the value index. Okay? Out of those seven, it drives risk decisions for us. Because when we get confluence across the seven, when all seven tell us the same thing, it's like the footprint of institutional capital flows. So you can see on this chart, I've just marked up for you the S&P. Okay? So over here, you see the breakdown from the pandemic. These green arrows show where we first had a risk on entry point right there at the bottom using the algorithms. Ripped higher. We had another risk on entry point right here. Okay. Then it turns to yellow. So typically in five days after we go risk green, we go risk yellow. And so this is a quick explanation of risk monitor. Okay. Risk monitor red equals manage your risk, take risk off. Risk monitor green means add risk and add it aggressively. The probability matrix is at its highest that we can have success from this point when the risk monitor turns green. In other words, all seven algorithms for all those indexes are singing the same tune. And that tune is put capital to work, 
So we give it a five-day window because statistically speaking, the best day to put capital to work is day one of the risk on signal. Now, it's hard to learn that. It's hard to put all your capital to work in one day. But I will tell you that the Armour Report has three portfolios, three model portfolios we share with Armour subscribers. The first is the Armour Index-only portfolio. All it does is buy the seven indexes. All it does is use the algorithms to do it. It cares not what the news cycle is. It doesn't trade intraday. It doesn't cut positions down because there's a, you know, 30-minute collapse in the market because Trump tweets about a stimulus package. All it does is follow the algorithms with set stops and strictly follow the stop rules. So day one of the new risk monitor green signal right here on the 28th of September was that gap up back above the 50-day moving average. Okay, and I know on that day, it's incredibly hard to put money to work. You think that can't be the day. Your portfolio took a beating for uh, about a month and you say to yourself, no way, no way that could be the day. Well, this is why I have some of my own personal capital, right? I've taken part of my personal capital and I only invest it following the algorithms because I know on that first day, I'm putting 100% of that capital to work, having nothing to do with my emotions of fear or greed or what happened in the last 30 days. Highest probability entry, put the money to work, all right? So what we did now, though, is over the five-day period, we got two ridiculous news stories that anybody in their right mind would have thought that the market would have plummeted, right? I'm going to ask you this question right now. If I said to you, in one week, in one five-day window, you're going to get a story that the president of the United States has a deadly virus and that the stimulus package will not happen, what do you think the market would do? Well, I mean, I think probably 100% of you are going to say, well, the market's going to go down, okay? Well, the market decided to not go down, hold the 50-day moving average, and accelerate higher into the end of the week. And I extended the risk on green signal all the way through Friday to give us a chance to put capital to work because in the midst of that signal, it was very hard to put a lot of capital to work with those news stories. It wasn't hard for the algorithms. 100% long day one. And what we did to manage risk in our aggressive portfolio, so we have two other portfolios. We have Armour Aggressive, Armour Conservative. And what we did there is, as the names suggest, the aggressive had more exposure to the market, although not 100%. And conservative had exposure to the market, but less exposure than aggressive, as, as it would suggest. But by the end of the week, we're 100% invested. Okay, and the beauty now is you raise the stop to the 50 day. Okay, so when you first put the position on, the stop is going to be a lot lower. All right, if you're buying literally on this first day, the stop is going to be a new low in the market. So that's going to hurt a little bit. All right, now we've put most of our capital to work right in here, right around the 50. Right, if it breaks below the 50, we're out. This signal didn't work. We step aside, we take some loss. 
but the probabilities are at their highest that this market's going to accelerate. And that's what it's doing into the end of the week. And that's why we're fully invested. Okay. This is a question of statistical analysis and getting on the right side of probabilities over and over again. That's what we're trying to do. All right. So let's rifle through a couple of the other chart patterns. IBD 50 is about to hit all-time new highs. Momentum index looking great. Triple Qs really took off at the end of the week. IWM leading the pack? Is that possible? Is it possible that IWM, is it possible my software product will work? Is that possible? There you go. IWM leading the pack, already breaking out above recent highs. Now, obviously, IWM is way behind the rest of the market. Okay, not even close to the highs. Are getting closer, getting closer to all-time highs. Okay, so now let's, you know, because we're pressed for time here, I'm not going to look at every single one. Let's go over, talk briefly, okay, about our next favorite item. That's precious metals. So are we all clear on that now? Before we skip to precious metals, risk monitor turned yellow on Friday, which means we go from adding risk to managing success. So risk monitor has three colors, risk monitor red, subtract risk, green, add risk, yellow, manage success, which means as things move higher, you book some profits at targets, you raise stops, and you only buy new names if you're taking profits off the table and you want to rotate. Okay? So now let's look at precious metals. I talked to you guys last week. I said we're not putting capital to work except for on a buy-stop basis. We need to see gold go above 1923.50 and silver go above 2460. That happened Friday. So Friday morning, Armored Insiders that are in the Slack room were aware of this. We were buying silver and the precious metal stocks as it was happening early in the morning. Okay? Here's the reasons why. It's very simple. This is GDX. I'm not going to go through every chart right now, but clearly GDX encapsulates all the stocks that we're buying, okay, in this space. And what we have here is a classic double bottom on an uptrend and the 100-day moving average. Now, you hear me talk about this all the time. The Armour Report is all about buying weakness in the midst of strength. Weakness in the midst of strength. So what we look for is a strong uptrend, right? There's the strong uptrend in the channel. We look for weakness in that uptrend. We got, here it is, the sell-off, okay? And then we look for top-day strength. We don't catch a falling knife. We don't mind paying up for it on day one just as long as we're willing to put our capital to work on day one. You don't second guess it when it happens. You don't worry that it'll reverse on Monday. If it reverses, you stop it out and lose money. That's investing. It happens sometimes. What you want to do is religiously and ruthlessly follow a strategy. And you want that strategy to be created when the market is closed and TV's off. And then you execute. So we have our buy stop set up right above this high, the high on that day was 
40.06, it looks like, on GDX, which is also the 50-day moving average. It, it took that out first thing in the morning. We started buying the index. It closes on the highs, right below the standard 50-day moving average. But we like to use the exponential 50-day. Okay? And so I'm not going to go through with you all the reasons why it broke out this week. There's stories about China and buying and all these things. I'm going to let other guys take care of that. It's not for us. I read a, there's a lot of great, great guys out there on the web that cover precious metals, that cover the stock market, that talk about sentiment, that talk about, you know, um, projections of where they think things are going. What you're going to notice at the Armour Report is that I don't project where I think things are going. Okay, I don't want to know where things are going. Okay, all I want to do is read and react to direction, read and react to the tape. That's it. If I spend too much time on a Saturday telling you that I think silver is going to 50 and gold is going to 2,500 or 3,000, we get locked into that belief and our ego gets in the way when it goes wrong and you can't get out. And so that's why I avoid it. But for those of you who want to know what I think fundamentally, yeah, I think silver and gold going through the, through the roof. Okay. And that's why we stay on it and we keep, look, we, we book profits after a run. We protect capital. We watch when it sets up again, we put the capital back to work. If it reverses and fails on Monday, we'll take it all out. We'll look for the next entry point. Okay. But statistically speaking, that was the entry on Friday. And so we go through all of our favorite names, put the money to work. Okay? We don't buy GDX. Now what we're going to do is use GDX as a hedge during the week. So for our insiders that are trading with us during the day live in our channel for hedging, I might be out there short GDX while I'm long our favorite names. Favorite being what we believe to be the highest grade or in the safest um, jurisdictions. Okay, now let's move on. Guys, it's been a long time since we've been on the cannabis couch together. And the reason it's been a long time since we've been on the cannabis couch together is that chart right there. Okay, so there's been nothing to do in this space other than day trading or swinging week to week if you can catch a little bump. All right, no interest in any of these stocks for a long time. And I know you guys have wanted me to talk about it. And I say, guys, I have no interest in this, in, in this stock of a relative strength of three. I mean, forget it. Okay. I'm a buy signal. On Thursday at 1624, we bought shares of Canopy Growth. Okay. Now, we really haven't done this since back here. We bought shares of Canopy Growth right here. It ran up in front of earnings. We sold 30% of the position, sold the rest on the gap down of disappointment, and booked a profit. Right? And we really stayed out the rest of the time until right here on Thursday. And I'm talking first thing in the morning. Okay? Now, it really hasn't gone anywhere yet. Canopy has to literally close above the 200-day moving average which it has not been able to do, okay, during this entire downtrend, going back to 2019. 
But we've got to be aware of what's happening because if we get a follow-through week next week and Canopy closes above the 200-day moving average, there's a major shift coming. Okay, so I'm posing the question to you right now. Do we look back a year, three, five, ten years from now and realize that this was the beginning of an epic move into cannabis stocks? I don't know. I don't know. You know? Maybe it's the weed talking. I don't know. But at the bottom, the bottom line is, at the Armour Report, I try to put you on the meat by looking for the highest probability entry points. And then we just follow the stop rules. And what we saw last week, volume coming in to cannabis stocks. Okay? You can see the volume the last two days in canopy growth. You can see the volume right down here. Volume spikes that are coming into Afria. Okay. Nothing going on in Aurora. So the only stocks, actually, let's take a look at Kronos real quick. Ah, a little bit of Kronos. But really, the stocks that I'm following closely is Canopy Growth. Any movement, any movement. I know that Afria had a better week. But any movement in the U.S. towards decriminalization of weed is wildly positive for Canopy Growth. Okay, they have their Terrasen products. They've got their Martha Stewart hemp products. They've got their, their access to the U.S. market through acreage. Okay, they're going to hit the ground running if there's ever decriminalization. And that's why, along with its massive uh, um, war chest of capital, it's my favorite place to put, to put uh, a cannabis cash. But I also tweeted out, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, at Brett Rosenthal, I tweeted out, And for the first time in a long time, I'm buying personally the top four MSOs. Okay? Let's go with chart chat for a minute. What I look for are bases. Okay? I like to see stage one bases. This is a stage one base actually down here. Okay? This is the stage one base. Right here, the downtrend and the pennant breakout that comes right here. Okay? And so what I like to do is buy the first pullback to the 50-day moving average. Write it down, guys. This is the trade that works over and over and over for me. And so we were buying the stock right here. On the 7th, we bought shares of TCNNF, which is TrueLeaf. Okay? about green thumb same exact setup and what i get interested in is a group that looks identical because that tells me institutional flows of capital whatever institution there is and by the way there aren't many i don't know who's doing the buying in here institutions usually can't do it but you know maybe they're finding ways the best msos look all exactly the same breakout of stage one base Pull back to said base, right to the 50-day, breaks right here. We're buying shares, okay? We talked about this in the Armor Slack trading room the day we were doing it. And I said, I'm, I said, look, 
guys, look, this is not for everybody. First of all, some accounts that you have at certain brokerage firms won't let you buy these stocks. Right there, that's a red flag. Some of the biggest clearing houses like Pershing won't clear these trades. These stocks trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange. It's the wild, wild west of exchanges. There are major red flags here that tell you you should not be buying these stocks. Okay? So I don't put them in armor portfolios. As a fiduciary, I would never tell somebody to go buy a stock on the CSE. But as an individual, and speaking from the heart to you, on the armor report, I share with you what I'm doing in my own personal account. I bought these four names because I think it's possible that we're at the beginning of a major up cycle for a couple of different reasons. First of all, it's becoming very clear to a lot of investors and big investors that these companies are making a ton of money. Now, if we go into the election and the Democrats win the election, these stocks go through the roof. Okay? I don't want to pay up for them now. I'm not chasing them. I'm not telling you to chase them on Monday. You should not be chasing them. The stocks that we bought, we bought at the beginning of this move, right on the 50-day moving average, and the 50-day is going to be our stop, and we're going to let it run from here. So this is not a call to go buy the stocks Monday. Okay? If you want the timing to be right, then become an Armor Insider, subscribe, become part of our Slack trading desk, and you would be owning these things at the end of the 7th. Okay? But I'm doing it because, A, it's a good hedge for the portfolio. The Democrats win. The stocks go through the roof, and it might wreck other parts of the portfolio. Um, the business is just booming. Okay? And even if it's at a slower pace, whatever the next stimulus package is, whatever it gets passed, maybe there's a safe banking act that passes. If that happens, these stocks are a no-brainer. Because you're going to have a large pool of capital that cannot access these stocks, begin to be able to access the stocks. If you get a safe banking act, then I imagine Persian would start clearing. I would imagine some of these brokerage firms would say, okay, now you can start trading them. You'll get banking relationships, which means there'll be investment banks writing research reports. These will, all these things will drive capital into these stocks. So right now, they're very dangerous with lots of risk, but massive upside if things change. And so we look at the charts to say, where do we buy them? Whoops, that is not what I wanted to do. Okay? And you buy it on the first pullback to the 50. That was the day to buy it. Bang. Cure relief. Okay? Right here on the 7th. Right there. Tight, tight to the 100-day moving average, tight between the 150-day moving average, right on the uptrend. That was the trigger day. Volume comes in the next couple of trading sessions on the blowout. Last one of my favorites is uh, oh, apparently it's not that much of a favorite. I can't remember the signal, the symbol. CRBLF. There we go. Okay. Cresco Labs. That was the day. 
Okay. So um, let's wrap up with a quick chart chat. We don't know, you know, if this is the beginning of a massive move in cannabis, but it's certainly from a statistical and probability point of view, the right entry point. And then we'll just see where it takes us. Okay. Now I'm going to rip through some, some charts for you as we like to do on chart chat. Um, and, um, and then I'll get to your questions. Okay. So fill up the chat board and we'll go through them one by one, but I'm going to just, I'm going to take you through my analysis, my thoughts on how I look at chart patterns. That's what armor chart chats all about. If you haven't noticed, I'm doing three to five minute videos during the week charts that I have an interest in, and I'm sharing it with you on this YouTube channel. There's a playlist I started called Armor Chart Chat, and they're just three-minute videos where I take one stock and I break down the chart. I show you where the entry point is, what the stops are, and why I like it, okay? So we're going to take that theory, that theme, okay, and we're going to apply it to a bunch of stocks right now, and I'm going to rip through them for you. So here we go. Let's go, what are we going to go with first? All right, let's take a look at Microsoft. And by the way, these are questions that you guys have been sending me, and that's why I'm looking at these charts. So as we go forward, if you've got stocks you want me to go over, uh, if you want me to, during the week, uh, do a three-minute video on a particular stock, just, you know, send me a message on Twitter or send me a message here in, in YouTube, in, in uh, the comment section. I always see that. And I can, you know, bang out a, uh, a chart chat if it's something I have an interest in. So the first thing I do with Microsoft, I go back and look at the trend. All right. I like to look at the big picture first. So massive uptrend, of course. And I think what we'd probably do is take a trend line and draw it from the beginning of the new move, which is right around here. You know, I would have drawn it up somewhere like this. Now, you could argue, do I do it like that? Well, here's the thing, guys. Trend lines are supposed to touch at least, okay, that trend line I don't like at all. I'm going to get rid of it. The way to draw a trend line is you're supposed to touch at least three points on a chart to call it a trend. Two points don't mean anything. So theoretically, there's a, you know, there's a trend line right there. See, connect as many touches as you can, Okay. Connect as many touches as you can where the price is touching the trend line. That's the real trend line right there on um, Microsoft. I'll tell you what I think I'm going to do here. So I'm going to use an Andrews fork on this one. And I'm going to take that line. I'm going to go something like this. Then we're going to go like this. Connect the tops, connect the bottom right there, and you're in a perfect little Andrews fork, something like that. You know, it's a little bit tight, maybe, maybe like that. Okay? That's the channel that Microsoft is in, right? So theoretically, if it breaks out of the bottom of this Andrews fork, the story is done, and it'll be breaking below this line right here, which is the 100-day moving average. So to me, this is just a market stock. It's following the market. It looks almost identical to the NASDAQ 100. So if I'm going to put money in Microsoft, I need to know why it's going to outperform. I'm trying to buy stocks that are going to outperform the market, not just perform in line with the market. But if you're looking for a low-risk, conservative way to play the stock market making new highs, you know, no doubt Microsoft is a place you would go. 
and you could own the stock right here and you would say your stop ultimately should be the 100 day moving average. But if you're a real aggressive trader, all right, you're going to use the 50 day moving average. So we like to use different stops here on the armor, um, on the armor report. Uh, the armor investing way is to use three separate stops. Okay. And I actually put a link in here for you guys to a new web page of the armor report. You can take a peek at that shows you the armor investing way, just the basics of how it breaks down. So that when I speak like this, you can reference that page. So in this particular case, I'm talking about three stop points. The lower the day we buy it, the lower the move we're buying, the lower the structure we're buying are the three stops we use. We can use any of the all three or all three. So we might cut a position down a third, a third, a third at each stop point. I'll tell you, statistically speaking, the best stop over a long period of time is the low of the day we bought it. If your entry is right, the best stop is the LODB. The reason for that is your, if your entry's right, you should get Im immediate movement away from that price. Now, LODB doesn't work if you're not buying right. So you've got to get the buy right. How do we do that? We use algorithms, right? Armor algorithms for the big indexes, for groups, and then for single stock. We have single stock algorithms, okay? So that's how we do it. We find the highest percentage probability, and LODB is the best entry. But just in case you're not buying right, I give you two other stops and say, okay, here's some wiggle room. All right. So if we look at Microsoft, theoretically, you should have bought it literally on Friday. That was the day to buy Microsoft. And so you would use the low of Friday as the first stop, the low of the move, which is the first really, if you look at the, the, the red bar here is the pivot low. So if it takes out that low, that would be the L-O-M-B, low of the move we're buying. That would be my next stop, which will also take it below the 50. So that's probably the best stop. And then the last stop is the low of the structure we're buying. As the Andrews fork shows you, that's going to be the 100-day moving average. And you would step out there. Okay? Let's move on to Apple. All right. Now, first of all, I'm going to tell you I don't like the blow-off top. I don't like the blow-off top in Apple. And I especially don't like it because it came on the back of a stock split. All right. So that's classic. The, um, the annals of stock market investing are littered with stocks that, that literally peaked on a stock split. All right. So we're going to go back and look at the chart. What do we see here? Probably right here is a whole new stage base for Apple. That looks really good, right? That's the place to buy Apple. So you get the market crash. You could buy it right off the bottom. Actually, the best place to buy Apple is right here when we had the risk monitor go green back in early April. Okay. So when the indexes told us to get long, you could have bought Apple. That was the best place to buy Apple. And you could have also said, okay, the breaking out here. Right. So where are we now? Well, this is what looks like this is the first test of the 50 and it rocketed off of that. So you could have bought this little structure right here. Okay, so now you're into the third stage base with a blow off top. That's a stock I would avoid. Does it mean it can't go up? No, it can't. But guys, investing is about opportunity cost of money. Okay, so when I share with you my quick thoughts on these charts, it doesn't mean the stocks can't go up. 
But the question is, will other stocks we're buying go up um, um, percentage-wise in a much more aggressive manner? And if it does, then it's better to own that stock than Apple. And so that's how I'm viewing this, okay? If you love Apple, then certainly you can see the same type of an Andrews fork on Apple. I'm not going to draw it right now, but clearly this is the bottom in Apple, and you could buy the stock here, use the low of Friday as your stop, the 50-day moving average, the same thing. 50 days your stop, okay? Okay, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, DraftKings, a lot of questions about DraftKings. All right, so here's your first stage base in DraftKings. That's way back here, okay? You guys see, right, this is the first stage base, all right? The second stage base was a test of the 50-day moving average, which is my favorite chart pattern, and it works again, okay? Breaks out right here is where you want to own DraftKings. You, know, you could have bought it right here, and if you use the stops correctly, which I didn't, you all remember my mea copa on this one, okay? That was the day we bought it. I stepped out too soon, even though it never closed below my stop, and it cost me money. All right, I've already done a video about that. So now the next question is, what happens now? The company did a secondary offering, and that's why the stock's coming down. Also, I think half of that offering were selling shareholders, which I hate to see. Okay? So the company's not getting all that cash, but there's a lot of excess um, um, uh, supply coming into the market. So this is a simple supply-demand equation. When you do a secondary, if the company gets all the cash to grow their business, the stock still goes down. The stock still goes down because there's more supply of stock coming on the market. Theoretically, the demand is the same. Price comes down. It's just supply demand. But in a situation where half of the stock that's being sold are insiders dumping, well, that doesn't help out the company at all. But it puts more supply on the market. That's why the stock is going down. So what we have to do is wait and see what the next setup is. Theoretically, ideally, it comes down to the 50-day moving average, puts in a, some type of a bottom structure, and then we could pick this thing up for the next run higher. All right. Let's move on to a couple of my favorite names. Um, I did a short video about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. So please check this out under the, ha uh, on, on the uh, playlist. Um, uh, armor chart chat. I'm just going to share it with you guys today in case you missed it. This is a classic four up and out chart pattern. I absolutely love it. And we nailed it. Here's the first stage based on AVLR. Four moves, one, two, three. Now you've heard of double tops and you've heard of triple tops, but you've never heard of quadruple tops because they usually don't happen. Usually the fourth move into an area of resistance is the move where the buyers steamroll the sellers. Hey, guys, let me tell you something. This is a war. We're witnessing a war every day the market's open. And the war is between buyers and sellers over price. And chart patterns just show us where the war is taking place. There's a line gets drawn in the sand and battle gets done. Okay? And when that line is crossed in a meaningful way, the losers get run over, all right? And there's no better way to see it than this chart pattern. Right here, 
boom, the sellers come in, run over the buyers. Bang, it's done. Comes back up. Sellers start dumping again with a howitzer. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, no. Run for the hills. One more time. Okay, this time around, the buyers are in control, right? And they're bringing, they're, they're, they're bringing you know, tanks. And that's why the sellers got run over. Boom. Love that chart pattern. All right. And here's another one that I didn't, I couldn't get into it. It ran up so fast. Same, oops. My, the symbol here. Oh my goodness. I can't remember the symbol. Hang on a second. <laughs> MDB. That's the one I'm looking for. Look at how sim similar this chart pattern is. Look at that chart pattern. And let's be honest, I missed it. I haven't been able to get it. It ran away. It's the same chart pattern as AVLR. Tight first stage base, runs up, makes a base at the 50-day moving average. One, two, three. That looks like they were going to win at three. It looks like the buyers won at three, and then they got crushed because the market got wrecked. Okay, well, four up and out. Four up and out. Okay. I'm going to get to Twillow, and then I'm going to have to um, – well, let's do real quick Datadog, all right? Datadog, first stage base, blowout, du double bottom at the 50-day, breaks out. Here's where you want to own it. It's extending. That's, that chart looks awesome. Twillow is announcing, or it looks like they might do some type of a big um, acquisition. So this stock might get wrecked on Monday. Usually companies that make acquisitions and issue stock to do it, the stock goes down. Every now and then, Wall Street loves the synergy of the deal, and the stocks both go up. But it's rare. It's rare. So I expect this to go down. But the chart pattern was perfect. First stage base, gap up on blowout earnings. Comes down, test the 50-day moving average. Gap up on pre-announced revenue better than anyone thought on the street. We bought it right in here. It was extending. Now it's probably going to get wrecked on Monday, but we'll see. All right. So um, I got other names to show you. I mean, maybe I'll just throw in black line. I love this chart pattern. First stage base. Right. So first you look at the longer term picture. You look for a big consolidation. All right. Then the move starts happening. You draw your uptrend lines. And in this case, it's a pennant. Oh, I love pennants. So we're buying this thing right in here and it breaks out of the pennant. And of course, those of you who know Chewy, no, I love Chewy. Now, this is a classic example of a secondary announcement that gives us an entry point. So Chewy, you can see here, and I didn't draw it, but I will. Okay, there's the first stage base on Chewy. It breaks out. And you could say the, the first test of the 50s here, the second test of the 50s there. This is the third test of the 50s. So I'm way late on Chewy. I like to buy the first test of the 50s. Should have been bought right in here on Chewy. Okay. Ideally, I should have been buying Chewy right here. Well, I decided to buy Chewy back here because they did the secondary. The stock broke below the secondary price of 55, tested the uptrend, held it. And when it broke back above the 50-day moving average and back above 55, we put the stock in the account and now the stock is breaking out. And with that, I will get to your questions, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me. 
Thanks for spending the time. What do you got for me? I'm going to go look at your questions. All right. Please discuss your outlook on the current election and how you think it will affect PMs in Canada, assuming you don't do it before the re- Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't do it. I didn't talk about the election. Um, the reason I didn't talk about the election is I, I only like to share with you information that I think can make you money in the here and now. And I try to only share information that's statistical with probabilities backing it up. And what I try to avoid doing is postulating on scenarios in the future because nobody really knows and everybody else on YouTube likes to do it. Okay. I just, I try to avoid it. You're going to force me to ask to answer the question. I'm beginning to think that it's not a question of who wins that the market cares about. It's more a question of um, the significance of the win. In other words, we need. I think the market needs a. Um, runaway winner. The worst thing for the market will be a contested election. If the Democrats win in a landslide, market goes up. If the Republicans win in a landslide, market goes up. If nobody clearly wins and we're stuck in limbo for months and nobody's willing to concede and there's arguments over mail-in ballots and the whole thing has to go to the Supreme Court, the market suffers. And the reason is markets go up and down based on liquidity. I can't say this enough, guys. If you're watching CNBC, you're getting confused because they throw at you a bunch of noise because at the end of the day, they're an entertainment network. They're not an investing network. They bring on a whole bunch of conflicting opinions so everybody can scream and shout and actually, you know, um, uh, childish between each other. And at the end of the day, you start thinking, well, what the heck direction should I go in? None of that stuff matters. All that matters is reading the tape and watching the liquidity. So markets go up when stimulus packages are passed, right? And when we have a tweet that there'll be no stimulus, the market cratered for 30 minutes. So if we get to an election that's contested, there'll be no stimulus, right, for months. What would be the impetus? Why would Trump pass a stimulus package if he's going to be thrown out of office anyway and vice versa? Why would Pelosi agree to anything, right, until it's gone to the Supreme Court? That could be a problem for the market. Those are my thoughts on politics and the market. I hope that's helpful, although I really don't know. And when it comes to cannabis, obviously, if Democrats win in a landslide, cannabis stocks should go through the roof, right? Um, I think if either side wins in a landslide, precious metal stocks go up significantly because it means massive stimulus in either direction. 
The Democrats want a lot of stimulus. And now Trump comes back and says he wants even more stimulus. So if there's a landslide victory and one party has the control, that means more liquidity, more stimulus, higher stock markets. That's my thought. Buenos dias, Brett. Buenos dias, Jesse. Hi, Brett. Can you talk about MAG? Oh, let's do talk about MAG. Can we? I'm so glad somebody asked me that question. Here comes a little chart porn for you. Oh, come on, guys. Do I have to talk about it? Or should I just let the chart speak for itself? There is the weekly chart pattern of mag silver. And it closed the week at an all-time high. The original Armour Report edition at $7.84. We've added it back to the portfolio. It was one of the first stocks we bought this week in the precious metal space. It's been outperforming during the entire precious metals sell-off. One of the first to recapture the 50-day and the first to make a new high. Next question. Next question. Got nothing else to say there. ID Doc, I feel stupid that I stopped out my biggest miners two weeks to buy it back 25% higher now. Doc, let me tell you something, Mo. Um, There is no room in investing for feeling stupid. That's simply your ego talking. There's no such thing as feeling stupid. Let me tell you something. You'd feel a lot stupider. That's a word. I don't know. If EGO and Mag Silver dropped 50% because precious metals collapsed and you didn't protect your capital. And what's worse about that is you feel dumb and you've lost a lot of money. So the armor investing way is to protect capital first, capture upside second. It's not for everybody. Okay? The armor investing way is not for everybody. But over 30 years of doing this and increasing net worth over a significant amount of time, I can tell you that the single best way to increase your net worth over time is to protect your capital first. And I don't care if I pay up for a stock. Maybe you need to go look at the armor investing rules of the road and look at the morning mantra that we say every morning. We don't care what happened yesterday. We look at the whiteboard. We determine what stocks need our attention and we put capital to work. It doesn't matter if we lost money in that stock or we stopped out that stock. It doesn't make a difference. We protect capital. And if we have to hop back in, we do. Sometimes we pay more for it. And over time, net worth will grow because you don't take a massive hit to capital when the market implodes. That's the key. Tech monkey, Brett. What do you think about MJ and YOLO ETFs as a hedge to capture the basket? Um, yeah, um, Tech Monkey, there's nothing wrong with MJ. Um, you know, I, I personally would rather own the best stock in the space. And I, here's the thing. There's MJ. You know, here's YOLO. 
okay? I personally like to buy, I like to high grade my portfolio. I buy the best companies. I don't want to own MJ. It's got a bunch of junk in there. I'd rather own a bigger position in Canopy Growth and maybe Afria and the US MSOs. And then I use MJ as a hedge, which means I would short MJ intraday <clears throat> to protect my long positions. Okay? You know what? This is a good thing to talk about, Mo. This is a good thing to talk about with you. In the future, if you don't want to sell your EGO and your mag silver, you are a long-term investor. I put that in quotes because I don't think anybody should pigeonhole themselves into being long-term investors. Okay? There, there are very few people that can suffer the collapse from February through March and come out of it whole. Most people end up selling at dramatically wrong prices and can't step back in as the market's skyrocketing. And once you're out of sync with the market, it's a mess. I've been doing this 30 years. I've worked with hundreds of clients. I would say there's only 10% of a client base who was ever able to hold through massive declines and come out the other side whole and, and not care about it. And of the 10%, I would say 99% were ridiculously wealthy individuals I've worked with. So they look at that portfolio and they say, it's not going to change my lifestyle and I'm going to sit and hold it. Okay, they can do that. You know, if you've got hundreds of millions of dollars, it's very easy to be a long-term holder. But for the rest of us who, you know, are trying to grow our capital and count on our capital, what we don't want to see is a 50% collapse in our capital. So if you choose, Mo, to be a long-term holder and you say, I don't want to sell EGO and I don't want to sell MAG because I'm sure they're going to go higher. Okay. I'm glad you're that confident. You can consider shorting GDX the next time around. Don't sell your favorite stocks. Short GDX. Protect capital on the way down. Cover your short. Still have your positions on. Now, I know you're an Armour Insider, Mo, so we can talk about how to do that together if that's how you want to run your portfolio. Okay? Um, let's see. Next question. 29 people watching and only eight likes. Hmm. Come on, guys. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Give me a likes, guys. Help me out. Alex, hello. Sorry, just sign in. Can you please uh, recap? I missed Friday's bull run and looking to enter. Okay, and we see a red candle entry point. I'll evaluate myself. I'm not sure exactly what you want me to say there. The market, from a Armour algorithms, we got long the market on the 28th of September. And Friday is the last day we're putting capital to work, you know, in an aggressive manner. So now we've switched over to risk monitor yellow, which means we're going to um, be managing our success. So I would suggest you just watch the beginning of this show when you can, you know, to respect the time of everybody else who's watching right now. Um, <laughs> Erez, thank you for the symbol. All right. Um, G Gilead. Jeez, you know, that's a great idea. Let's take a look at Gilead real quick. I'll tell you how we're playing this on the trading desk. Uh, there's Gilead. So 
You know, look, Gilead at a 4% yield trading down here with all the possible upside of all of their business, not including remdesivir, seems like a no-brainer to me. So I feel like the stock ripped higher on a bunch of people hoping remdesivir was going to be some awesome cure. And now all those people are out and the real long-term holders, and I put that in quotes, of Gilead collecting the dividend are supporting the stock right in here. <clears throat> so I'm not buying Gilead, but it certainly looks like a reasonable place to take a peek, and you would use a new low on Gilead as your stop. And a conservative account might do that and collect the dividend yield. For the Armour Report, we bought shares of IBB. Okay? And we did that right in here on this day right here. Because what's happening is two of the biggest names in IBB, Gilead and Regeneron, are apparently have cured uh, the president of the United States of coronavirus. So this looks like a no-brainer breakout to us. And we also use the ETF twice, so the Ultra Biotech, a BIB. And that gives you kind of growth stock rates of return without having to invest in a single stock. So sometimes in aggressive accounts, we'll trade that. Um, sell the hype on online gambling stocks. Yeah, okay. All right. I made a mistake exiting to, uh, to I'm not exactly sure what that refers to. Alex, cap, okay. Uh, Stu, good morning, Brett. Biohaven, please. Oh, geez, Biohaven. One of our favorite investments recently. So there's Biohaven. Let's break down the chart pattern, right? This is a first stage base right in here. All this consolidation, right? Now the stock blows out, pulls back to the 50 and the 100-day moving average. So this is even easier. When you get a stock that gets real tight between the 50 and the 100-day, you buy the breakout. You know, we really should have bought it this day. I think we got it at the start of this day. I have to go back and look at my notes. Maybe we got this day. We'll have to go back and look at our notes. But anyway, it's right in here where we got long on the armor report. And what can I say, Stu? This is a runaway winner. I think this thing's going to go a lot higher. So the fundamental story, you guys should go to their website and listen to the last earnings announcement and listen to what they said on that earnings call. This is not a, like, I don't like buying typically biotechs that are hoping to get approval of a drug because you've got to, you know, it's hard to manage that risk. If the drug approval doesn't come through, the stock drops 50%. But this company has a dissolvable tablet that cures migraine headaches in 60 minutes. Within 60 minutes, the person with the migraine is back out on the floor trading stocks or whatever he does. That's like the panacea for people with <laughs> migraines. It's a brilliant product. And if you listen to the last earnings announcement, they talk about how revenues are up dramatically. I mean, they just released the product three months ago and the revenues are skyrocketing, and that's why this stock is breaking out. All right. Um, Gilead, please. Charts, ugly, but okay, we just talked about Gilead. Um, AMD. AMD. Um, we can look at our AMD. There's a rumor AMD is going to buy Xilinx, <coughs> or is it a true rumor now? Maybe it's true. So, um, you know, I'm not really a buyer of AMD in here. 
The most recent base you can see is right here. This is like a nice cup and handle and a blowout. Okay. You could argue this is the first pullback to the 50, but now they're in the midst of an acquisition and I can't really touch this until that acquisition is complete. They're buying shares. It looks like of Xilinx. Why Xilinx skyrocketed and I'm very disappointed. We don't own it. Okay. Cause I was looking at it and I wanted to pick this thing off. We bought it in here. We booked a small profit. We're out. And now the thing, I was about to buy it back, really. It was on my whiteboard to buy back. And the thing, you know, apparently is getting taken over. Um, questions about uh, charging stations and electronic vehicles. I got nothing for you on that. It's not my forte. So I'll have to look into that. H H Y L H. Take a look. Apparently. Oh, that's Datadog. What a great looking chart that is. All right. Provider of electronic powertrains, commercial vehicles. Well, first of all, the stock looks got awful, right? So it's broken below the moving average, selling off, having made a top. So I, I don't know enough about this stock to talk to you about it. But I can tell you from looking at that chart, there's nothing that's viable on that chart, you know, from an armor investing way standpoint. Okay. So I'd have to do some research for you guys. It's on the 100 day moving average, but we don't just buy weakness. We look for a, a trigger. So we, we, if this is the strength you're talking about, and this is the weakness we're trying to buy, then we need top day strength to get long. We don't just buy a falling knife. And quite frankly, if this was going to be a really solid company, it should have held the 50-day moving average. I don't know why it broke down. So we'd have to go do some research, figure out what's going on there. Tech Monkey, I got nothing for you on ChargePoint. I have to do some research on that, guys, all right? Moving on. Joni, so glad you could join us at the Armor Report. Thank you, Deb, for you know, spreading the word. And consider becoming Armor Insiders, guys. You can subscribe right down here, and you can see what we're doing all day while it's happening. Um, E-T-O-N. Let's take a look. Just a second. I'm going to rifle through, and then we got to wrap this up. It's getting a little bit late. Any, any other questions you guys have, load it up, and we'll try to rip through. Um Nothing doing on that chart. Nothing to say there. SG. Oh, no interest in that chart pattern. OPGN. Now, these are stocks I have no interest in. They're too small cap for me. You know, and they're just flatlining. So these are kind of things that you know, people try to trade on a day trade level. If you can do it, have at it. But those aren't patterns that work for me. So a good time to pick up Pinterest. Yeah, now there's a stock I like. So um, I like the stock, but I'll be honest with you. Um, Pinterest is a stock that we own a lot cheaper, right? So if you look at Pinterest and really, um, Okay, there's the original entry point in Pinterest, the breakout of that pennant off of this unbelievably beautiful base, okay, on a blowout earnings announcement. So I think Pinterest has a lot higher to go. Um, but 
you know, I like to buy weakness in the midst of strength. In this case, there was no weakness. There was just consolidation. So we got the strength, which was the gap up on blowout earnings and a tight pennant. And we bought it right in here. Okay. And so now it's on the run. I, I, I can't tell you to buy it up here. I think the stock goes a lot higher, but that's not an entry. Up here is not an entry point. JMIA, what's that? German-based company providing e-commerce services to the African market. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Here's the chart pattern. Um, there's, there, look, there's nothing wrong with you guys investing in, in you know, German names. I know that a lot of Armour Insiders are around, all around the world, so you invest in stocks that are not U.S.-related necessarily, U.S.-centric. But for... The armor investing way, what I do with my capital, which is what I share with you, is a three-step process. Stage one is to build a whiteboard. In order to build a whiteboard of research names, for me, I have to be able to get on the phone, talk to management, listen to conference calls, trust the financials. If I can't do those things, I don't buy the stock. It's just a way for me to um, reduce the, the, the vast list of great names out there that we can all own. Right. It's all opportunity cost of money and trying to figure out what you're comfortable with. So for me, I don't buy this stock. I don't buy SE, which is a mistake. Right. Everybody loves SE. The stock is skyrocketing. Probably should own it. OK, but it's a Singapore based company that I just can't wrap my arms around, uh, get on the phone and feel comfortable with. So I avoid it. It doesn't mean you should avoid it. And I'm sharing C limited with you. Look how well that stock's done. So I don't know. Maybe JMIA will do great. It's just not my type of stock. NetSky, let me tell you something, my friend. We don't promote, we don't promote, we don't promote small penny type of stocks on the Armor Report and on this YouTube channel, okay? We don't come on and say, this stock's going to be taken over. You have no idea if that's true. Okay, and so I try to share information on this show where we have statistically meaningful ability to expect higher prices based on reading the tape and understanding markets. I never come on this show and say buy this stock because it's going to be taken over. Okay, anybody telling you that is lying to you. They're selling you snake oil unless they actually know it's going to be taken over, in which case they're selling you inside information. Either way, it's a loser, okay? So I just avoid those types of stocks, and I don't talk about companies that I think are going to be taken over at four times the value, all right? The Armour Report is about protecting capital first. We're going to capture our upside. Our portfolios are up huge this year. We're outperforming the averages in a major way. But we don't do it by buying small stocks and telling people we think they're going to go up four times they're going to be acquired. We don't do that here. C-Web. Oh, geez. I imagine when you say C-Web, you're talking about Char Charlotte's Web, right? Not, not literally C-Web. You're talking about Charlotte's Web there? Because, I mean, this is C-Web, just so we're clear. I don't think you're talking about that, which is the Drixion China bull. Right? I'm going to imagine you're going with Charlotte's Web. Um, 
Let's take a look at Charlotte's Web. Then we're going to wrap this up. What is it? CWHF, I think it is. Is that right? Yeah, Charlotte's Web. Oh, what a disaster. So there's Charlotte's Web stock, wildly underperforming. If I had to say what my chart analysis would be is I, I, I don't have any interest in buying the downtrend like that. You know, I would let the stock break out first and buy a pullback. That's what I would do. And the reason I'm, I'm so against it is this. Um, I love Charlotte's Web products. I like the Charlotte's Web management team. I think until the FDA rules that CBD can be included in supplements, this stock will languish. And then I'm afraid that by the time the CBD, the, 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 Fed, the FDA finally changes the ruling, all their competition will have caught up to them. Namely, Canopy Growth that's launched CBD products with the help of Martha Stewart. So whatever first mover advantage Charlotte's Web had, they've lost. And so to me, the better CBD bet is canopy growth at this point. You get the kicker of marijuana if that ever changes. And if the FDA comes out and makes a ruling that says you can put these things in products, canopy growth is literally ready to push massive product into the system. And so I just, it's a shame because I actually use Charlotte's Web products and I think they're great, but I can't own the stock. Hey, there's a stock. Who's, whose idea is this? Rick White? PDD. Huh. Let's take a look. That chart looks pretty good right there, my friend. You might be on to something. Let's take a look at what they do. Chinese provider of third-party email. Oh, geez. Can't do it. No interest. Nope. I won't buy a single Chinese stock, my friend. I won't do it. It's just another example of whittling down my list and focusing on what I have comfort in. And you, you better believe I have zero comfort in believing the financials of a Chinese company. Forget it. I won't do it, even if the chart looks good. Um, on semiconductor. Okay. Here's a pattern that looks pretty good. Holy smokes, look at that breakout. But I do feel like we're a little bit late to the party here. We needed to own on right in here at the 50-day. So there's no way I would chase that gap up. Raymond May. Oh, geez, Raymond. You know, I, I've just missed this you know, Pacific biosciences all the way up. And so I, I'm not adding it to my whiteboard right now. You know? Uh, I just can't add it right now. That stock is just in the stratosphere. So I'll do research on it. I'll look. You know, they have a new CEO came in here. I think we talked about this last week. That was the time to really own it. When they have a new CEO, that's usually a good sign. 
new guy takes over, but I can't add it right now. All right, guys, listen, I've had a great time chatting with you today. I really appreciate all the time you spend with me. It helps me. It makes me a better investor and a better trader. I'd love to see you guys in the Armor Slack trading room all day with us. So if you haven't subscribed yet to the Armor Report, consider doing that right down here. Take a look, armrreport.com. I'll see you guys on the flip side. Have a good weekend. Thank you.